This is a great chat with Hazzy. Always good for a laugh, but also he speaks about difficult experiences which help shape him as a person. As a mate, I'm happy to see him nailing it in business and in personal life, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Call someone a cunt or something, we can edit it. <laughs> <laughs> can cut out. So. You can see that coming, huh? <laughs> yeah. With a general lifestyle change of like, from the weekends, there's no denying, it's just more of that focus, that mental clarity on... That was the time when I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? But that's a bit different when you're fucking 30 metres up in the air and they're just standing on a steel peg, <laughs> expecting this wee rope run about you to hold you. Yeah. Like, just, like, terrifying, man. Uh, why don't you take us right back to the start, has he um, take us back to Glasgow when you started your apprenticeship and why you eventually choose to leave? Yeah, through, like coming through school, I was always easily distracted. I can believe that, yeah. <laughs> and that was always an issue with me, it was easily distracted. And so then I left school at 15 and... You normally can't leave until you're 16, but you could leave 15 if you had if you were going to college. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up going to do an art course at college because the art teacher at the school wouldn't let me into his class because he didn't like me. <laughs> so you <laughs> so I proved him wrong. I, I wasn't allowed to do the art. I wanted to do... I was really into art, and that was one of my choices for my hires. But then he refused to let me in to his class it's kind of he's punishing you aye he was just he was, he was, he was like oh the, the class is full yeah. and I was like well it's not <laughs> like, he just didn't like me so I ended up finding that I could leave and go and do this art course so I did 15 and you know it was pretty cool but it was just the same it was like for like I was like going there easily impressionable with these older people and it started off well, and then it veered off course. So then once that was finished, um, I guess it was to find a job, because I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. Well, there's this job going at the paper mill in our town. There was two positions going, and it was one was customer services, and the other one was HR or something. And I was the only boy out of like 40 odd girls that went for these jobs. <laughs> and I got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a girl I went to school with got the other one. Um, I thought it was cool. But yeah, again, I was just young, amateur hmm. for that kind of Position, job. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I ended up losing that job about six months in. And it was a really good job that like good potential for like advancing up like well paid type thing it was everything that you kind of wanted at that time at that age you know yeah. so then when I get sacked from that <laughs> uh, my mum was raging <laughs> <laughs> and she was like if you think you're going to be sitting in your ass, <laughs> she's like you've got another thing coming so my dad drove down the industrial estate with me and we went down and to go in and just put my CV in, different places. We went into a place and before we go back to the car, the guy came out 
could recognised family name. Knew my dad, knew my grandpa, and they offered me a trial as an apprenticeship Lovely. engineering. So yeah, I started the trial. I think it was I don't know if it was two weeks or maybe four weeks, and then they offered me an apprenticeship. And man, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like, do you know the thing that was so good about it was the banter. They had all the old boys. Yeah. And that way of life, like that was per- that was me, like that. Yeah. But it was like trying to focus my mind on mundane tasks, which now just recently kind of found out might be like ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that only just we've only just this kind of worked this out in the past six months. Yeah. Go to listen to another podcast, uh, Joe Rogan, with that Gabor Matty talking about adult skin diagnosis. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we were talking. We were talking because we were driving down south, and then as we were talking, we were like, both kind of looked at each other, and I'm like, <laughs> "Do you know what?" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we done these. Like we done our own like research into it, and I'm, I was just like, as if kind of light bulb. I'm like, that just that kind of that makes sense. And ADHD has probably many different forms for different people, mm. but. Um, does it mean maybe you're you're quite excessive and focused in certain areas and struggle to concentrate in others? Aye. So it's yeah, exactly that. So if it's something I'm interested in, I can dial in. Yeah. But if it's something I'm not interested in, I'll do anything possible <laughs> to avoid that. <laughs> you <gotta> be <laughs> and that is it at work. Like mm. I'm just like I'm just going, Oh, I need to get this done now. Like, oh, oh, I'll just do that first. I'll do that and yeah. yeah and that's why do you know I used to spend so long I'd google things like how to solve procrastination and yeah. all the, like trying to google all these things to like diagnose myself I'm like yeah. why am I why am I like this I'm like why can't I just focus and then some days you will you'll just be like boom and you get in that flow zone and you're gone yeah I know but exactly that, what you mean. that was that was a big struggle for me now see just actually having that really helps as I find a kind of cause in a weird way now helps that it's like right it can be an advantage too like that zone you can get into and in just complete focus and nothing else can distract you um, means you can do amazing work that other people can't really get into that you know yeah as you say like picking and choosing your battles (laughs) yeah you know especially when it comes to work knowing your strengths if it's something like oh look I've got this job uh, I need 150 of these brackets made and it'd be like good money and I'd just be like if it was just me but no <laughs> but I just, I, I just know that I would I couldn't I couldn't do it it's, it's kind of like mental torture for me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway see I don't even get distracted mentally <laughs> yeah so yeah I ended up doing an apprenticeship and it was four years and I had a great time I did a lot of it it was mainly the people but I co- tried to quit so many times. Yeah. And my mum was like, there's no way she was letting me quit. Yeah. <laughs> no a chance. So it was like, you know, so it was always a case of get to the end, get your ticket. Yeah. And then see what you do. You're probably glad she... Oh, I, yeah. 100%. <laughs> there's no, no doubt about it. Uh, but I mean, the thing is as well, like, a problem of mine was also with, let's say, authority. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but it was like people people speaking to me in a certain way yeah I hated it 
as well. And that was that was always a thing over the years too. And then especially when I was doing my apprenticeship, you know, a guy ended up becoming a new foreman. We just didn't go on. But then a lot of the guys didn't go on. But like some people could swallow it and just kind of yeah. go on. And but I was always reactive. And so then for the last like year and a bit, there some of us were we were sent onto this one site. They're doing these big luxury flats in Glasgow, straight directly across the clade from the shipyards where they're building the boats. Um, so we were kind of, let's say, banished up there because it was just ongoing work from top, from bottom to top. So if when I was up there, I mean, we used to go on holiday. Once I could go on holiday with the boys, there's aged every year going holiday and every year coming back, I would be like, what am I doing? No, I hate this. I hate it. I just wanted to... That was that was every time I wanted to quit. Yeah. I'm at, could you see this better life? Yeah, yeah. Hey, and then I'm, you have go back to your... Aye. <laughs> and I'm like, especially like in winter, be up there, and we were doing like steel, structural steel. We were always like on the, on the concrete pads at the top level as we're going up. So yeah. we were out in the elements. Yeah. Passing down. How the wind coming up the Clyde. You're trying to hide in the stairwells. Tough to, conditions. Aye. Yeah. And like, I was just... By the end up, I'm like, I'm like, I cannot wait to go here. I'm working with steel when it's cold. It's always fucking freezing. <laughs> Mate, and the thing you is... get your hand off something. It's <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it's real, like, because you, you were also... Kids were stick welding too, so you're always getting the... Sh- your gloves are wet, so you're always getting the shocks in your... Ah, yeah. Constant. And, I, I mean, back then, it was, wasn't was a case of, like, kind of health and safety, really. It was, <laughs> like, you know, you're going, you're fucking freezing, you're cold. Yeah. You're out there and the light get it done yeah you know yeah it doesn't matter if it hurts you it doesn't matter no you're just getting it done put your body on the line yeah and so two boys I went to school with came back from six months on an OE bumped into them what's this (laughs) (laughs) like totally oblivious to it you mean there's something else (laughs) (laughs) like a six month holiday (laughs) (laughs) and then as soon as we found out that me and my mate were like that's us and then it was a year like I saving up man had this end date could not wait and we were just saving up and then when we went up to book tickets then we realised you could book a one way ticket we, we <laughs> thought it had to be a return and yeah. when we were booking and we were talking to the woman she's like oh well you can go on open ticket and then you can just keep moving about and like, you don't and we were just like, this just gets better. <laughs> so then we had to come back, and I was like, break the news to the family. Oh, actually, I'm not going for a year. I'm actually going on an open ticket. And that was then the same time that my brother had just accepted a job in Sydney. So we left within two weeks of each other. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that was a hard... Was hard for your family, but for you, you're probably excited. Aye. Yeah. Yeah, at least my brother got to leave first. I had, to, I, had to, <laughs> I had to go up there and then deal with my mum breaking her heart when he left oh, and man. then two weeks later then I'm leaving yeah. you know I remember when we left we had a family meal together and we were out in the pub having a couple of drinks after and I was somehow ended up in right in the corner of the room and the whole family were around me and first I think my mother started crying then my sisters went off next thing was three crying in front of me <laughs> I just have to get out. <laughs> yeah. Went out for a cigarette. Because <laughs> there was nothing like, obviously, you know, as soon as your mum starts crying, that's, that's you a bit ready to go, yeah. isn't it? So, I, that's how it all started. And I mean, there was nothing better as well. See, when I handed him a notice, 
for three. Aye, because see, when I was up there, I would see, we end up on site, guy on site that was in charge of us on site was actually the foreman, one of his buddies that he brought in, and he was another arsehole. Like, even bigger arsehole yeah. like, just a big guy that was just like say just always like, acted tough and all that and, that and so then we ended up we ended up having an argument on site one day and then I was like it was just at the perfect time too and I was like do you know what mate I fucking had in my notice he's like what I'm, like, I'm handing my notice I said two weeks I'm out and he's like Oh, 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 there's no need to act like that <laughs> I'm up telling you so aye I felt good aye sweet. and then for those next two weeks man, they couldn't have been any, any nicer to me you know kind of wanting you to stay sort of thing yeah oh, but yeah. I, I, see actually see when I look back to see that, that last year and a half of my apprenticeship was wasted because I was put up there I was never put, getting put on the jobs where I was like learning you mm. know yeah. It was like outside of my mind you were doing things, but it wasn't like what you should be doing in an apprenticeship where you should be doing trying all these things that are to do with your trade and what you're Learning, meant to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. That happens a lot and yeah, it happened a lot in Ireland in my building trade as well. As to use apprentice as a sort of a cheaper labour force. Aye. Which is yeah, it's not good. It's not good for the apprentice anyway. No, no. Sure. So wow, yeah, you you realise this is not working out for you and you, there was other opportunities on the horizon and you went for it. Brilliant. Yeah. I know you went on to work on some cool places like cell tower blocks and deep sea welding, stuff like that. Yeah. That's some awesome places to work. You must have... Uh, <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> Looking back, I think the biggest thing for me in those things was when you go to do something like that, changing and starting at the bottom of the ladder and coming in to try and challenge yourself to do something different. Yeah. You're coming in, you're working with guys who have been doing it for years or in case of the diving, like all these Aussie boys and they've been doing it their whole life in the water, born in the water pretty much. And then you're there conquering fears. Mm. Like especially at the Massive s- growth. Especially at the start. I mean, the thing is, when I started with the, the cell towers and that, the guy is like how are you with heights and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm sweet with heights <laughs> I'm like but that's a bit different when you're fucking 30 metres up in the air and you're just standing on a steel peg <laughs> expecting this wee rope run about you to hold you yeah. like to, like terrifying man yeah. but I was at, like and the, see the first job that I'd done for them uh, I just went and done my rope access course which was nothing it was like the heights thing that you do even just to get on a site you know, yeah, and so then they were like, "Well, you'll not be doing anything for the next couple of weeks, no climbing, because we'll work you into that." And I'm like, "Right, okay, cool." And so we were on site, and uh, we were up in Taupo, and they were doing a new power line, and they built this tower. Oh, is that here in New Zealand? Aye, yeah. They were building this tower, and um, they were normally about thirty to forty meters up, and so then it's so obviously they assemble them on the ground, in the stages, and then bring them up. And then put the bolts through. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then what the way, then they go up to the next section, they come up and it's like fish plates and they come in. You put your podgy bars in as it comes in in the crane, bolts through, but up, and then you got a tightening crew to come through. So, where are you when you have your podgy bolts or podgy bar? Yeah. You're just hanging off the side uh, of it, are you? So, your, your angle, so say it's just the top of the frame, it's just four bags, say 200 by 200 angle or something. Mm. You're literally 
just at that, your head's at that top of the angle. You get a couple of clips, but then you've also got a rope, adjustable rope that comes around there. Like a harness. So, and so it's just like a rope comes around, hooking the side, hooking the other side, and it wraps around the pole. And so you can actually lean back on yeah. that. You can choke it, you can do a few things on it. And so you're just standing there. You get a race to get your bolts in because as soon as you get your bolts in, it makes it harder for the next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the last guy. <laughs> the hardest. Yeah. yeah. And so then you get the podgy. Like, it's quite, you know, it's cool. that's what's so cool about it because you you learn so, you know, you see these things and then with these jobs and then you just see the simple aspect of it. But then when you do it, there's all these wee tricks and all these things that come along with it that's real cool. But also, like, the other thing that catches you off guard too is that when you're going up, you're not just going up like this. You've got your harness on, you've got, like, uh, your tool belt on with these podgy bars and these big spanners hanging off you. You don't want to drop on those. Bolts. Like, you've got an extra, like, about 20 kilo of weight just climbing up. Yeah. You know? It's, it's physically demanding. Aye. Like that. I mean, I was probably one of the fittest I'd been when I was doing that. Because when we were doing that, you know, we were up and down towers all day, and I was in the Taupo in the summer, and yeah, you're climbing about, pulling your body weight around, or heavy on your body weight. Um, but I mean, that first day, and so it was kind of, it was a, one of those real misty, like, kind of damp mornings, and they'd stand in the tower up anyway, so they got to the, uh, the top, and one of the boys injured himself, and he came to the climbers, and they lit broken down and the guy went right you better get kitted up you're going up I was like what <laughs> he goes you're going up I'm like you're just by saying to me you'll not be getting up for another couple of weeks till you get used to it he's like aye but we need to land this <laughs> I was like alright fuck so the next minute there you go getting all the gear on but also so normally then it would have one side that's got all the, the foot pegs in it so then you're just climbing up all the way around and then you just go around this one had some foot pegs but then predominantly what you had to do is then climb out into the middle and your angle X frame mm-hmm. climb up that just pull yourself up up onto the big ledge walk round mate and you're pretty high up at this stage aye so that, that was like so when you land in the, the tower at the top you're, you're 30 metres up you know and like so then that that day was wet like the steel was damp and all that too mm, slippy <sighs> mate I was going up there terrified man <laughs> I swear I was like a koala see when I got up the top man I was like, to the thing. yeah because it's like, and, like oh. and then what's it like if you get a gust of wind up there ah uh, it's, it's not too bad it, it doesn't really move the tower because of the way the towers are built yeah yeah I mean also if, if it's too windy it doesn't happen because of the crane mm. you know so um, yeah, when I went, I was at Koala, one hundred percent. We landed that, we landed that thing, and I get down there, and man, I'd never been as knackered in my life. My legs were shaking, man. Yeah, and I, and all your emotions as well, because you're you're shaking. <laughs> and I came down there, mate, and I was raging at this guy, you know, and he's like, oh well done. I was like, fuck you, mate. <laughs> I was like. Because, I mean, there's a, like, you go, oh, I think you weren't scared of heights. I'm like, I don't fucking see you up there. Because he wasn't a climber, he wasn't a climber, he didn't do it. Mm. But, um, it was, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that, after that, I went home that night and I'm like, fuck, this isn't for me, man. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. 
I was yeah. like, geez, oh. But next day, I'm like, so the next day, then the tower was all built, and all you were doing is then going round, climbing around the tower, and then you're tightening all the bolts up. So I went there, and then it was like, nah, just get another day. So went there, and then the boys are like, look, that's not how it's meant to go down, you know. You shouldn't have done that. You're not meant to do that. He's like, wait a minute, so you get we'll show you how it should be done today. And so then they're just getting me look, climb up to this first level, hang off your ropes, put that around, like get comfortable, like trust your gear because the biggest fear on doing that is that people don't trust the gear. They don't think that this wee rope is going to save them. Yeah. But whereas they show you in training, like this was after way down the line, he's hanging off it and he's cutting through the climbing rope, wait, and it's holding right to the last like two strands yeah it's amazing the strength of it yeah. isn't it and so, but I mean they didn't show me that before it yeah. <laughs> so I'm up there and then so then these boys are like look do this do that like, and then I was like yeah yeah right cool and then each day I'm like uh, do you know what aye yeah aye some good guys to show you the roughs aye yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but also then to I mean by the end of it, it was dodgy man you had a couple of boys fell off, like because then people they end up free climbing, you know, because you're meant to be clipped on all the time. People do things and they move about, jump about, don't tie on. It's easier to do it. Yeah. And then uh, one of the boys up the top, like stepped over and it was cross brace right in the flat bit up the top, and he's went like that, not attached. When they climb over, but when the the crews had assembled it, hadn't put one of the bolts in the brace, nice. stood on it went down, he went straight down, but he's caught on to the angle, and just as well, because if not, he was gone 40 metres, and, uh, yeah, after that, we're late. He wasn't tied on to anything, this Nah, time. nah, because boys, that's what they do, they'll just move away, and yeah. they did just make it easier, you would do it. Yeah. And so then I was just like, oh, but the reason actually that I ended up leaving was because it wasn't really going where they told me it was going to go, like, for me. Yeah. So yeah, we just we'll just end up working, doing the same things like building towers, standing them, yeah, blah blah blah. And I'm just like same thing. As soon as it started to get kind of monotonous, I'm yeah, like you lose interest. Aye, but a lot of growth there. Oh, aye, yeah, hundred percent, aye. Like facing your fears. Aye, yeah. I feel that I didn't know that. I'd. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, next minute, didn't know those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> next minute I'm up there and I'm like, fuck, maybe I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously then it was the, the diving. I mean the diving side of things, because I'd spent five months in Thailand just diving. Was that uh, your training or that how you got Yeah, that was or? just I was scuba. Yeah. Yes, I'd done my, my dive master over there. And um it was, that was always a thing in the back of my mind. You know, to do then do the welding. Yeah. And it was for years I'd been thinking about it. would have been a lot of work off the coast of Scotland and that kind of work, wouldn't it? With all the oil rigs and stuff aye, like aye. that. Aye, aye. Yeah. All the rigs around the world. But yeah. I mean, that's the thing with something like that. You don't even need to just base yourself. And one of the boys I'd done my tickets with, he works out in Doha. Yeah. He does the saturation diving now where they're in the bell, you know. They're in the boat and they're compressed to like... 300 metres or whatever and then they just stay in there for like yeah. a month and then they go down drop the bell into the bottom of the ocean and then they come out and then they work oh they stay in there that's how they acclimatise to that pressure aye is it so they first? stay in there for yeah. like four weeks aye and then when they go into work they go in the bell and they get dropped in 
to the seabed and the, the cabin's pressure to the same depth that you're working at. Yeah. Yeah. How does that pressure affect your um, sort of motor skills with your hands and or your your uh, yeah. concentration? Does it affect things like that? Yeah, well, so when you're doing the training, you do you do the test, so it's like, uh, like when scuba, you get the narcosis uh, that it kind of makes you feel drunk. And so they do that test. Oh, so you'd be comfortable in that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. <laughs> uh, they, so they do the test. They do like you know with the training. The training was like four months, but they said right. if it was up to us, it'd be a year. Because they're like, all we are going to do to you is tell you everything that can go wrong, and we can't tell you everything that can go wrong in four months. And that's all. That's with the training, you know. There's that many things that can. Hi. Yeah, and then when it does go wrong, like, you know, obviously pretty bad. Mm. You know, a lot of the things. Well, so, maybe that's what makes it exciting as well, the risk that's involved. It is, 100%, yeah. aye. I mean, yeah, <laughs> even like even the training, you know, at the moment when I freaked out and um, at night, we were doing a night dive and there was a... Uh, we had to get in the water and then we are going to, to follow this underwater rope, the guideline, right to the end. I can't even remember what we were doing, but we had some tools and that on us. We've had no, we didn't have head torches because it's hard helmets, you know. So we had uh, torches and we get down, and there was just that there's a couple of things that were just weren't right. My, my suit wasn't sitting right, my neck, and it was irritating me. And then we get down, and there was something else. And then the boy that I was with just took off charging, and so I'm like trying to keep up, but there's I think something was fall, kept falling off my tool belt. Mm. And so the next minute, I was a bit behind him, and then I'm like, I better catch up with him. On this one, actually, it was a uh, soft face agar so it's the one that the, like the firemen use you know the yeah. real soft one but what happens with that as well is that if the danger of those ones if you over breathe you create dead air so you end up getting there's a this dead air space in there but you end up getting more carbon dioxide in there than you do oxygen right. and then you start to go and then you start to try even more so because oh, I'm not getting the oxygen mm. and so that's pretty much what happened to me I'm trying to catch up with this boy like, hauling arsenal on the bottom and then I was like <sighs> my supervisor on the comms was like um, diver one in the UK diver one in the UK you're, uh, you're, you're breathing and I'm like yeah I'm okay yeah I'm okay and then eventually I got to a point I was like fuck I'm not okay <laughs> and I was like stop and like diver one like you know and she was like I could just hear her constantly in my ear and I was like <sighs> and I just couldn't get a breath and I dropped the torch and it was so it's pitch black and then I'm like, you're, you're overweighted because you're working on the floor, you don't have fins on, and you just get boots. And then uh, I could hear her calling the other diver back to get a hold of me. And then he's grabbed me by the belt, and then I've just went, ah, I hit his hand away, and I was like, fuck this. And then I'm like, I'm going up. And Shit. then I was like, then I'd hit his hand away, and then I've like jumped. I don't know if I'd take my belt off or what, but then I jumped up, and then I was like kicking. But it's like pitch black and so I didn't even know if I was going up if I was going down or what was happening yeah. I was just like that in no man's yeah. land and then I was like um, and god I dropped my torch in that too and so I felt ages but obviously it wasn't that long and then next minute I just went, popped out the surface yeah right. I was going up yeah I just didn't know it because I just didn't know yeah. no fucking what'd you call it that's people don't realise perspective yeah you've no perspective yeah. of where you're going up down yeah. left right you're just in complete darkness aye 
And uh, but you're attached as well. All my hoses are attached to the surface. So as I've came up, I've breached the water, and I've known straight away as well, because the one of the main rules is never take your helmet off. You know, doesn't matter what, never take your helmet off. And I, that's all I wanted to do, just rub mm. my mask off. And as soon as I breached the surface, I was like, and I just felt calm. And then I was like, fuck. And I fucked that up. <laughs> and so then they've pulled me in. Yeah. You know, and I had to go on oxygen just to be sure. Yeah, you know, um, but then because is that not dangerous to rise up that quickly? Is it? I. It is. Yeah, yeah. but we weren't. We weren't one of that serious depths. We were only like eight meters. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was all right. Because I mean, the thing is, as well, is that um, you know, like you know, obviously you don't hold your breath like that time because then you're coming up spans. Yeah, that that depth, we were all right. You know. Yeah. But then I was like, got out, and then I was sitting there, I was like, fuck. But then what happened then, after that, for the next couple of days, I was in my own head on it. So then I had to, like, for a minute, because you're diving a couple of times every day, so then for the next couple of days, I was having to fight this battle in my head that I was yeah, kind of yeah. going, oh, like, I was pretty much trying to freak, I was trying to freak myself out. Yeah. And so, yeah, it took a few days to then get, to get over that. One of the guys had said to me, it's like, these next days probably going to be the hardest for you because you're going to be second guessing yourself. Yeah, and it was. Still but then, a bit of doubt in your mind. Uh, it's growing, and if you let it, it would have grown. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was down there, and then I started to go, I'm like, oh man, are you alright? Like, stop. So then end up you yeah, getting over that, but then also then plants that thing just deep in the back of your head too. So it's like every now and again it could always resurface. Yeah. Aye. Wow. Yeah. So there's was one or two other boys. Some things happened as well, you know. It was always going to be a challenge. That, yeah, that's part of it. Aye. Yeah. And I mean, then when I got my job, like, I ended up getting a really good job straight out of dive school with this company. Uh, and then they sponsored me and I moved to Perth. And so then you're working with these guys. I've been doing it for years, born in the water. And so we, we ended up going out Perth and we were going off the coast and it was like a decellulation plant where they soak in a cold water and change it, uh, salt water and change it to drinking water yeah. <clears throat> we went out, we went out a couple of keys I think the, the draw for the pipe when it came up and there's a concrete tower under and so we had to go out there and this is actually one of my first jobs, and so you had to go out there and then you jump in you go in the concrete tower Mm-hmm. which could grates and that on it and then you go in and then there was uh, the pipe there's two different pipes and um, you're in a pipe at this stage right? no but going in the concrete like see that like imagine like a castle turret like a concrete yeah. right and that just protects it to stop any big uh, like sharks fish getting inside there and coming up the pipe you know so you had all these grates and then we had to remove the grates to get inside the tower I get you, yeah. right and so then you go in there and then the pipe I could stand up on it like just about that's how big it was and what we had to do is go up the pipe and then like once you got up the pipe it was two pipes and then there was a like a a point where it was blocked out and then it connected changed into one and then in the section where it went from two to one they'd, they'd done the there's some way that they do the concrete under the water take the bags up they'd done it before like a year or two before and they take the bags up and then they mental mm. and it also when they'd done it collapsed and the, the one of the boys just got out in time they actually yeah. collapsed in on them 
but when you're going up that pipe it's good to know when you're going into I know I just oh heads up see you last time somebody was in there collapsed but you'll be alright <laughs> but you're going up you're going up as you're going up that pipe you're actually going under the seabed as well so right. it's going under the seabed and it's pitch black you know mm. and so that was one of the first times that I was going in there I mean every time I was going in I was like buzzing because I'm like fuck and you're in Perth you know shirts and that mm. these guys are like whatever just jumping in and I'm like fucking hell <laughs> and I'm jumping in and then it was like you're gonna walk up this pitch black pipe that all these deadly creatures in fucking Perth yeah. you know I was just like that was the time when I'm like what the fuck are you doing man <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they made me do a rescue. Like they put the biggest guy that they had, diver, up at this junction box, and I had to dive in to pull him out as a rescue. They're like, "This is the first thing you get to do training," and I had to dive in and pull him in. And phew, hard work, man. Yeah, like it was. It's hard work. Like you get paid good money because it's hard work. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time as well, you're just doing like underwater labouring. You know, that's like, yeah. gra- but it's grafting too. Yeah. Um, Everything yeah. is a bit more difficult than the water. Aye, and it was another thing that I guess I thought was going to go a different way. But at the end of the day, as well, that was what the biggest one for me that made me realise that um, after that, because I lost that job <laughs> after having an argument with someone. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to believe this. <laughs> There was a couple of guys there that didn't go on me. And, but a lot of the guys I did as well, you know, yeah. it's, it's just the same. It's always like a reactive thing yeah. was for me. I was reacting to certain people. And then, especially when I was coming in, tradesmen. So you're, you're respectful to people. And when someone disrespects you without need, I, it, it rubs you up the wrong way. Yeah, 100%. And I can't, I can't just accept it mm. either. And um, then... You know, the hard thing for me too was I'm coming in there from, you know, I'm not coming in there with just some young dummy that starting an apprenticeship doesn't have yeah. a clue. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware I was starting at the bottom. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I'm a time-served tradesman that's been working doing his trade for like 15 years. I know exactly what you mean. It's very hard for someone with a lot less experience than you to talk down to you. And, Aye. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's why I, I, I don't get it as well. It's like, when people in a position of power feel that they could speak to people any manner they want. Yeah. Because I'd never do that. And so when someone would do that to me, it'd be like instant backup, you know, mm. instant response. And I mean, that's what happened. That, actually, I mean, not many folk know this. I actually nearly lost my job within two, after two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy there, I mean, one of the jobs... The, one of the contracts they had was you go out actually into you go into the outback and you would clean the big water tanks that serve the water to the town so From the like, inside aye yeah. that was a big vacuum you know how how dirty are those things this is people's drinking water is aye. it aye yeah they're pretty dirty man <laughs> <laughs> they are like you you get like silt on the bottom yeah. you know it's quite meditative as well because you're going along and it's just like that and you're just going along with the torture and it's just you just see it going yeah yeah sucking yeah. up and you're just going back and forth back and forth like what no you're in the lanes and stuff but I mean also I mean the first first time that this happened I'm going along and so obviously you're in the water tank out, out back spiders snakes fall in 
Oh, jeez. You know, but mm. they're at the bottom, but then there's a snake skin, you know, or a dead snake. And I go in there, the vacuum, you know, light, torch, darkness. Then next minute you just see this snake. But it's because of the, the vacuums pulling the skin towards you. Yeah. And this thing's just appeared and it's like, mate, the scream, man. <laughs> I was like, there's a fucking snake. <laughs> and it's just dead, but it's a vacuum that's pulled it towards you. Yeah. Yeah, and that happened a few times. Um, so, yeah, that was quite, that was one of the big contracts for them, but I uh, ended up, man, I was working with this guy, he used to be a banker, and then he decided to, do commercial diving so that would tell you the type of personality he's got you know mm. and so I'm starting out and I'm like you know that way when you're trying to like making new friends you know you're working you're like oh. but anyway we go there with big trucks and we're backing it in and he was like oh back the truck in I'm like the other guy's backing it in and I'm standing there like yeah Directly. yeah 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 oh banker <laughs> we'll call him comes over <laughs> and he's like what are you doing big arm movements he needs to see big arm movements when you're guiding a truck back. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? I'm like, He's trying to tell me how to guide a truck back. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh my God, man. I'm like, I've got, because we were away for like 10 days, two weeks, just three of us doing this. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a long trip. And then that's how that started. And then it was just kind of kept going that way, going that way until I reached ahead. And then I get taken back. I get subbed out, which I didn't realise till a boy turned up and they're like, oh, you're swapping out. And I'm like, why? And they're like, oh, the bosses want to see you. And I was like, all right. Because we'd actually sorted it out. Yeah. Because I um, ended up sorting it out. So I'm like, I thought that was it. Done. And then, yeah, they'd phoned the bosses without me knowing. Mm. And then they swapped me out and I went back and then they were like, they end up pulling into this meeting and they end up having a vote. He's like, the guy, one of the bosses, like, look, I don't want you here. He's like, you know, he's like, you've not even been here two weeks. He goes, but these other three guys see something in you. Because, you know, especially the one guy that brought me over. So they end up having a vote and two guys voted me out and three guys voted to keep me. Right, yeah. It's like the fucking, what do you call it, pop idol. Uh, but yeah so I get a second chance and do you know what I was just I put my head down and then grafted mm. uh, but that thing always stuck because the guy had a mate there and who was quite high up and the guy ended up leaving not because of me like a few months down the line but then this guy blamed it on me and then we didn't have a best relationship but I just put my head down I just walked because I'm like man you cannot fuck this up yeah because especially so soon I was just like I moved all my life over there and I was like yeah. oh my god and then out the blue actually they, uh, when they, just before the six months they pulled me in sacked me because uh, this guy had been saying uh, because we when we worked together he uh, just had this attitude bad energy towards me and mm. so then I was just like well I'm just not having anything to do with him and I just not react to it I yeah. just ignore him and he hated it yeah and he's went back with these stories and I ended up uh, losing my job. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you both come from different worlds. Like, you've come from hard-working uh, engineering shop in Glasgow where you're brought up in a tough way and people speak tough and he's maybe come from a different 
and you're going to have clashes people from different sides of the world with different um, come from different environments it's always going to happen yeah and I think for us as people who travel you have to learn to adapt and change as you go aye because you're I suppose you're going into their environment you have aye. to maybe um, and that's I suppose that's all part of your learning and aye. your journey yeah well once I lost that job you know I was actually my mum said to me she goes uh, have you ever thought it's you that's a problem <laughs> She said that, and I was like, really it's caught, really caught me off guard. And yeah. I'm like, it was a moment I was like, do you know what? It is, but yeah. in a way, as in how I react to it, because mm. obviously control the controllables, and I'm like, I can control how I react to it. And so, because sometimes it would just be would be over the top, overreactive, whereas you could just be, say, you know, like that kind of person that was really good at going. Look, I understand your frustrations here. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a way that you can handle it better, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So that was a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. Aye. Learning moment. Yeah. Yeah. Big learning moments. All those experiences you just shared, do you think when you eventually got here working as an engineer fabricator, do you think they stood to you and gave you maybe an advantage over other guys who hadn't had that those experiences? Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing too was I feel that everywhere I worked, you work with different people, different tradesmen, doing different jobs. So you're always kind of learning. You, you learn something off everyone, don't you? Like, yeah. You know, little things which is quite crazy because sometimes you're like, maybe even be somebody that you think, he's a muppet. But then they do something a different way or something, you're like, well, that was actually quite smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's crazy how, like, I think just trying to, I think what my problem was as well was the old imposter syndromes where you, I was like, you know, instead of just being comfortable with the fact that, oh, yeah, if someone comes to show you or show, show you do something, or maybe you should try this, mm. instead of being like, well, I could fucking do it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. try to say I can't do it. Yeah. But, but yeah, just going, I do the oh, very yeah. same thing. Yeah, you know, but what it was is insecure and uh, insecure and me myself as a tradesman. Yeah, yeah, all that. Insecure. You're putting out this front that you're disqualified guy who knows it all. Yeah, and then you're afraid to admit you're wrong sometimes. Aye. Yeah, and especially younger as well. You know, like yeah. got new country, new people, and that you're going to like fucking need to show them that. Yeah, like, I know, I know time. what I'm doing. Yeah, and yeah. It's yeah, that's the kind of thing that I can cringe thinking of looking back. I'm like, if I was just so different with that, yeah. I could probably like things could have been a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of my other podcast guests gives a really good um, perspective on that um, that imposter syndrome idea. Yeah. You should have a listen. Oh yeah. Um, but basically, because you've. So in your job in Scotland, you were seen you were working on these big developments and you're becoming stagnant, not learning anything. Yeah. So you've pushed yourself into a new, out of your comfort zone to where you learn something new. You've done that with the towers, you've done that with the diving, and then you've done it when you come here to Queenstown. So you've always put yourself in this position where you kind of are an imposter. Aye. You don't fully know the whole thing yet. And you're, you're learning all the time. Yeah. So that's why you feel that. It's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's Aye. the truth. And you just have to kind of come around to understanding it. Yeah. I think you probably have now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, 
that's also obviously the birthday being today. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> 30. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, like, you know, I've done 40, but that old thing of, you know, um, getting old is a blessing that not everyone gets, you know? Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why you should appreciate it. And I do, yeah. actually, you know, I'm like, I, how I look at things now is that I want to get a, a, in this crazy outlook on it is that I want to be, like, you know, when you look at the movies, the old wizards or the old seers and all that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're never young folk, are they? No, it's because as you're getting, you're getting older, you're getting wiser. Mm. And that's why I'm like, really enjoying getting older because I feel that like, just now I'm just constantly looking at ways and like, improving myself reading things I want to get just know a lot more and I think especially do we like life and experiences in life and like you know about how you know I guess you're kind of self-diagnosing like, looking back on things and then going just learning from it and I think that's been massive because then I'm like looking at myself, especially in the, say, in the last few years now, because even when I started out, I was like, still had that same thing, you know, like the, you know, the imposter syndrome. Mm. But then now it's just being like comfortable with things and like being, you know, I'm like, someone has a view on something, maybe it annoys me. Uh, mm. You just, don't agree with it. Yeah. I'm like, Pff. It's okay. Right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's... I'm just grateful that then getting to that point, it's, yeah, that's where it's kind of trippy. Then you, like, you're looking back when you were younger and it's like, that's the big thing. I'm like, you know, I look, what I was like, say, even in my 20s, I feel like when I was in my 20s, I'm like, the maturity of being in my teens. I think when you're in your 50s, you're going to say... When I was in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was doing this podcast. And, okay, <laughs> well, this is going to be out there, so you can always um, go back and listen to it. Yeah. And think and maybe see your progress as a person. Yeah. yeah. That's what I like about... Um, I was looking... You know, I do research and all my guests. I was looking through your Instagram last night, doing a bit of research. And Instagram is a great way of seeing your journey because you can go right back to the very first things you've done. And, and I do it myself with my Instagram right. too and you just see your progress and how much you've grown and yeah. um, it's really good to have that out there as a record as a way of right. just reflecting on your journey and, and how much you're improving and evolving all the time yeah yeah because then you're looking at look at a table the table you know, the first table we done together yeah. and like, I think how long that table would take me because also I was all about the attention to detail and the minutest detail where not one person would even notice. I know. You know? And then you're looking back now and it's like you could knock something like that up and it's a, the difference of the time. But I mean, like everything, it all just comes with experience, doesn't yeah. it? Like yeah. uh, knowing where you can save time or you don't but have to spend That it. table was such a big deal for you and for me as well yeah. at that time. Whereas now you've kind of evolved to bigger and better things and it doesn't seem as important. Well, I've got newer challenges. I wouldn't even, I just, I, I wouldn't say it as important because it was really important for, as I say, for both of us. Yeah. And that table ended up selling like about eight of them, mm. or the frames anyway. Really was one of those things that kind of was a game changer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was kind of the start of the attraction, really. Because mm. it did different things and then it was like, you know, that Mackenzie Willis ended up, or the boy that I knew that worked at Mackenzie Willis got, really liked it and they ended up getting one in there. And then end up selling a few through them, and then yeah. even just people coming from that. 
I just opened a lot of doors for you. This podcast is meant to inspire people. That's the whole sort of theme behind yeah. it. Um, and at moments in my journey, you've been big inspiration to me because I've seen what you've done and it's helped me to push on in what I'm doing. I want to ask you, where do you get inspiration from, both now and in the early days? Well, I mean, I think, obviously, as you say, like with us both starting out together, it was good because we were both like, inspiring each other and spurring each other on. I think you know? so something that one person would do and they'd be like oh yeah that's quite cool like as in even just like with the business like doing something a certain way or like because obviously it was just start out with, with the work that we would do but then it's growing the business wasn't it then it was like then mm. the social media then it was workshop you know, yeah there's so many aspects aye. Yeah. and then it was like trial and error as well wasn't it yeah for me there was a lot of unknowns and that's why um, when I had the chat with you every now and again because I'd had no one really talked about it because it was all unknown to me and I'd never I'd always been part of a team and now I was doing it on my own and when I talked to you and you taught me some of your struggles or uh, or some of your even your little wins I was like oh wow it's not just me it's this is normal you know Mm. and it was a good comfort to me and helped me push on if I was struggling when a difficult moment and if you told me you were going through the same thing, I was like, oh, that's okay. It's normal. It's part so of the journey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that helped me. And What I said to my wee mate that started out, I'm like, you know, you've got to stop like, peering over the fence. Yeah, do your own thing. Yeah, and I see it, you know, I've talked to him. It's not a good way to do it. And I understand, but I understand it. Like, I mean, I get why, why he's like that, you know, but... What it is is that it's, you could see it. It's an insecurity and mm-hmm. what they do. Even though he's fucking shit hot, what he does. That's what I said to him. He goes, you know, people come to you for you and what type of what do you do? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, the boy's doing something different. I'm like, and he's a funny. <laughs> the thing is as well that if I was looking at getting something done and you had a choice of like two different people, I would. Even if the person that was really sound and get like you know I got on really well with him, when it wasn't quite as good as the other guy, I still go with him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so like when it comes to that, I'm like, I think that that's such a important factor is that the kind of type of person you are too. Yeah. So I mean I said it a couple of times and then I think now like, hopefully it's getting in to his head. It's like man don't. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Yeah. But just do your thing. It's not healthy to compare yourself against nah. And like uh, to Because many... if you're you're measuring yourself against someone else and they have a really shit year, it doesn't mean your year was better. Aye. Aye. <laughs> it's better than their year. Yeah. But you're still the same level. Yeah. What they do is totally irrelevant to what you do. I mean it just kinda of goes for the same as in life yeah. as well. Yeah. You, know? you just gotta do you. If you're like looking at other people and you're trying to impress other people or you're like worried about what other people think, then it's just going to affect the direction that you're going to go in. So I guess it, that, the inspiration, I mean, I found it really quite tricky, yeah, especially when going out on my own because I, I never intended to do it. Yeah. I never wanted to do it. It was never even a, really a thought that I'd entertained until I came to Queenstown, I guess. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, man, that... Starting out your own business, I'm like, 
I said, it's way too much work. <laughs> As in, like, I just, I just felt like I can cope mentally with mm. it. Maybe the ADHD thing or something. But I actually just was like, there's no way I could do that. Yeah. I couldn't do it. But then you come here and it's just like, this place is just like a hub for yeah. people in it. Like, if you yeah. want to start your own business, it's like, fuck, move to Queenstown. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen heaps of examples like ex-bosses and people you think he's just an ordinary guy like me and yeah. he's done it. Aye. So then you start to think, oh, well, maybe I could do it, you know? Aye. And that's that's uh, the purpose of this podcast as well. It's just to show ordinary people and show... Because sometimes you'll see someone with all this success and you'll look up and think, yeah, but they're special. They're But you realise they're just a person like you as well and Aye. they had the same struggles and same journey. So it's, it's very good to share this for other people. Yeah. Because I think the other thing is as well is that other people, other people will like measure themselves against other people. And so they'll be like, oh, but look, he's got the big flash truck and he's got this, he's got that. But I about like, what about the debt behind it? You know, I think that's it. Yeah. Especially here, folk driving all these flash trucks and all these flash things. Not, not, not everyone's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, not everyone's mm. like, some people are living that champagne lifestyle in the beer, budge, beer budget, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, there's a lot of people on that putting the front out yeah. yeah so that's why it's that you know because I'd think that too I'm like you know oh, shit I should maybe have this should maybe have that and it's like yeah. why because you know I mean even that was a thing as well I mean I don't have my own house or anything like that yet and then you, but yet you feel that pressure to mm. have it and I mean yeah. don't get me wrong we both like me and Clarissa obviously want to get our own house but we just got to take our time till yeah. we're ready because when I got her own house, I'm like, the added stress then of that, like, debt, as well as everything else, I'm like, you know, it's just adding another, like, layer of, yeah. some, of worry. And pressure. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, you know, I want to wait till, you know, I'll, I'm just a great believer in, um, you know, with the, going with my gut, all that, about t- things happening, and, you know, the amount of times that things have just happened, perfect timing it just uh, even more encourages me to go with like it'll happen when it uh, happens yeah because I mean like when Clarissa fell pregnant we went to look at that place that we're living in today Mm. the same day she told me (laughs) and then this place that we're at is a place that we'd envisioned that we really wanted but didn't think it existed in Queenstown and then there it was they didn't even know it was there yeah what's that saying what's for you will not pass you aye What's for you? I'll no go by you. Yeah. <laughs> An old Scottish Irish saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As you say about the inspirations, I mean, I don't even really know. Eh? Like when I was doing my thing, because as you say, that for what I wanted to do, there wasn't really anyone doing how yeah. I wanted to do it. I yeah. think it was probably Instagram. That maybe guys on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Just it. maybe not as it like not one person that you inspired. Nah. I wanted to be like, but just little nuggets here yeah. and there. Yeah. Different pages on Instagram that got me excited. About yeah, it. yeah. And I'm like, oh, what I do? I'd like do something like that, but yeah. then different. And you probably took little bits from here and there mm. and created your own style. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I think has been your success. Um, uh, as a fan of your work, I've always I've always betted on your success. Like I just see you doing well. You know, I just see that future for you and. I put it down to a few things. Um, one is your skill for connecting with people. The other is your own like fresh style in your work. It's quite unique to you. And then your positive energy. But yeah, something I suspect, and you tell me if I was wrong, I, I just think there's something driving you 
to I don't know prove yourself or reach your um, reach your full potential. Is that something you can agree with, or am I off the mark there? No, well, do you know what, mate? I think then I, once it started gaining kind of traction, this is one of the issues as well. I had, whenever I was asking people for advice or like in business, they would tell me things or give me advice that I kind of didn't want to hear. Yeah, same. <laughs> but but you know, and it's advice that about going down certain routes. Oh, you need to do this, and I'm like, it's not what I want to do. Like everything that. A successful business person will tell you is mass production is good for your business, but that's not what you want. Nah, you want and it was always like, oh, you find this niche and then you, man, once you get that, you pump it out. I'm like, nah, I'm like that. That's, I'm like that's not what I want. I'm like because you know the big thing for me as well is that you know a lot of people are driven by money, hmm. and that's what I used to think too. I was like, oh man, get some more money, more money, and make you happier. And I mean. You know, you'd say driven by money in a way, but I mean, it was after the diving side of things that I realised, you know, that there wasn't the case because I got to end up even coming in at the bottom, I was getting good money, mm. real good money, but I was spending it just as quick. Yeah, and you probably weren't that happy. Yeah, but I was spending it like, because I was like, oh, yeah, like, there's just more money to throw at it, throw at the party. Yeah. So like, I think then once that kind of perspective shifted and then it started to be like you know, I guess even more so I was like you know I think it was like more when you're getting advice that I was getting advice to anybody here or like oh god no, you know you've got to struggle to do it like that and then I'm like well that kind of motivated you to prove them wrong I'm like well I'm just being like I stubborn you mm. know I'm like well do I do it like that I do it like this yeah, yeah. Um, and then Within the last two years, I guess, once Teresa fell pregnant, then my lifestyle changed as well. Yeah. And then, it's no coincidence that then my business kicked on. Wow, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, the last two years has been leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, and it's because, I mean, there's probably a few other factors in that too, but with a general lifestyle change of like, from the weekends... There's no denying it's just more that focus, the mental clarity on what I want to do, and then also that you know, people being that confident and decision making mm. and all that. Like, I'm not shy. What I always wanted to do was get to a point where no matter how much money someone had and they came to me and they're like, Oh, I want this, but if they were a dick about it, I'd be like, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I wanted to get because I felt like people were just like with especially folk uh, with a lot of money would come and just think that they could buy you aye yeah. you know and then speak to you in a certain way yeah and I'm just like no nah. and that's what I wanted to get to and then it's so good as well when that happened you know that. yeah it's nice to be able to say no to people aye because I mean this guy he actually came to me and it was to do with the one of the butcher's block the thing that at uh, Raymond Fresh, and then it was like, oh, I seen your budget book. They give me the uh, card was there. They give me your details and blah blah blah. Like, just want to get a lot of price on one. I was like, oh yeah. And then, um, but just the way they talking on the phone, I was like, oh, right. I'm like, this guy sounds like a bit of a dick. But anyway, I'm like, oh yeah, right, cool. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, so, like just being that, like, really can like I can controlling about it, like you know, like. Phoning me back, and then he was like, um, 
oh, you got a price for me? Uh, and I, I, I can't really remember how it kind of went. But anyway, I went, oh, yeah. And then I'd say that I just went back with a price for the like, cabinet. And he was like, oh, well, well, that's a bit much. And I was like, well, that's what it is, mate. And then he went, you know, oh, no, I just, he goes, I just, um, you know, I just want the top. I just want the top made. He's like, I'm going to buy one of those cabinets from Bunnings. Yeah. And then I want to put the top on top of it. I'm like, so you don't want any of the steel work done, you just want the wooden the butcher block top. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you phoning me for, mate? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, just that, just that, the mannerism and that, and how it was, like, it was just so rude. And I was like, what the fuck are you phoning me for? Yeah. And I was like, and I, and I wouldn't fucking make it for you anyway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. But, like, just to be in... It's just to be in positions like that. It's that I think it's more like when just rude people, you know, like, that was the thing for me too, is that just to be able to go that way, rude people and be like, mate, you're coming to the wrong person if you think you're going to talk to me like that yeah. and get something done. Yeah, people, you feel people should give you the respect you deserve and the same respect you uh, Aye, give to them. Just to be polite and like, nice, you know, yeah. I'm like... So, yeah, I guess you got yourself into a position where you can live life on your own terms, mm. which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is a big factor and you know my mate just set out on his own recently with a classic intention of oh, I just want it I'll go and then I can just walk and then just have the time off and that and then he started and he's up <laughs> I've never worked as much in my fucking life it's so true <laughs> yeah. and he's back and then it's like because then he's like he's the money that he can make yeah. as well so then that's where he's going and I'm like you know that is it I mean this Christmas this is the first this first holiday I've had off since last Christmas I only just realised that a few weeks ago because uh, obviously the baby came along and then it time off a couple of weeks off actually but not long for when he arrived but then you're like you, you're thinking you might know that was a holiday but no it was the opposite holiday you know and then I realised mm. I've not really I've not had a proper holiday since last Christmas yeah so then I'm having a couple of weeks off and then I'm like do you know what I'm actually going to take three weeks off because yeah. I've been that, that busy especially in the last six months yeah you're recharging yeah mm. and I mean like uh, when the baby arrived as well I was like man I was so busy and I was like um, and my, my whole point was as well that like, we ended up taking this big job on there for the last few months I never wanted to be in a position where I was stressing mm. but then this last job was yeah. and it was really stressful and I was like fuck this is not what I wanted, you know. Mm. Like, you know, but I mean, it was like, you know, the potential there is like good money to make from it, etc. The job obviously was the type of work that I really like in that too, but it was uh, it was a big gamble as well, mm. um, and it pulled off, thankfully. But uh, it was it was uh, yeah. I guess what I looked at it at the time as well when I was thinking of it, I'm like, it's just. A, a growing stage you know to get yeah. that experience of that I guess it's just levelling up just looking at your business there's been some pretty like you said before big developments in this past year or so new website new vehicle rebranding and evolving more to sculptural works um, yeah looks great and it feels like massive steps forward for you you should be proud talk to us a bit about this period and with the sculptural stuff is that where you want to be and is that what you see for the future I mean when I done that first sculpture I knew what I'd already had in mind been thinking of that style 
because there's a Russian guy that I followed on Instagram does it the geometric aye aye the low poly style um, this Russian guy that I ended up following and I was like man that is cool like I really liked it uh, so I already knew I was like fuck I'd like to try that mm. um, and then when they asked me to do they were like oh thinking about sculpture and I'm like I know what I want to do um, but then it was about working out how to do it yeah and that's why I was lucky that I had my mate, uh, the Hoff up north. Just to explain to the listeners, as he with these sculptures, you've done a few. How many pieces of steel would there be in one, for example? In a stag, stag ones has three hundred and eighty-three triangles. So three hundred and eighty-three different shapes yeah. that need all to be welded together in the exact correct way. Yeah, yeah. Aye, <laughs> yeah, eighty-three, and it's all triangles, well, because you get the different ones where it's other shapes, etc. Too, and it yeah. makes it, it does make it so much easier. But it's a different look. Aye, mm. it's a different, slightly different look, kind of same look, but different. With the, all the triangles, it just gives it all those more edges to it, but it makes it a hell of a lot more trickier. Um, and so then the three sheet, yeah, that's like three and a half sheets, I think. Three and a half sheets of steel um, with a 383 like, for the, the stag. And yeah, it's just, just it's labour intensive for the, the tacking together to get the angle because then as I move down with the tacking and the other ones as you're tacking it, just moving it, manipulating it, yeah, like manoeuvring the other ones slightly too once you get further down then you realise something's just so far out yeah well yeah so I mean it's just coming with the experience of doing the more that then you know where you can get away with things and moving along putting it all together yeah I mean I think when uh, Harrison started with me at the beginning of the year and there was always a plan to get him in if I felt like I could get enough business Mm. enough work Uh, and so then with the sculptures I would say well I'll get someone in and then could just start do it, focusing on other stuff because when I'm in sculptures I needed to be in the zone on it yeah and then somewhere I'll get him in and I could get a hand doing the other stuff and then I'll do the sculptures it's just started kicking on and I'm like I think the plan my thought was really that I'm like well I've got to focus really on the sculptures but with the attention then to my business that the sculptures is drawn it's drawing as much attention to all the other stuff I do too yeah so like as the sculpture side is growing, so all that, the rest oh, of the, aye, yeah. the other stuff is just growing just as yeah. much. Like um it yeah. gives you options. Aye. I yeah. mean, you know, let's say that job there just a few months before Christmas, there's another boy start with me. He sent me an email, a perfect time, like there's another moment there where it was like, you know, the universe answered me. Yeah. He's emailed me at the perfect time as that job started. And if not, man, I would have been fucked. Yeah. And he came in and I put those two boys on that job because then I had this other sculpture on the go as well. Um, and both of them are just seem to be growing at the same rate. I think it's exposure. You know, see, after putting that first stag I made, I put it up Arthur's Point mm. where we were living. And that never grew so attracted so much attention mm. to my business. Looks great. Yeah. Mm. And that one up there was it was for sale, but I didn't advertise it was for sale. Because I felt like if I advertised that for sale that it would cheapen it in a way. Yeah. And I knew what I wanted for it in my head. Uh, and I could have sold it about thirty times over, but I was adamant on what I wanted for it. 
and you choose the value of your product. Yeah, people don't realise like what goes into it. You know, they see yeah. the end product. Yeah, but years and years of training too, and and that got you to where you are today to produce something like that. Nice. That's, that's what it is. They're buying into your experience as well. It would just fucking annoy me, like when some people would be like, you know, some people would inquire, like going, "Hi, how much for stag?" Or something. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like, me. You'll not be fucking buying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just some people, like just some people would be nosy in that too. And that yeah. that's just that's a thing where I'm find struggling to find how to respond where I just know people are just being naughty and asking for prices on things yeah. I don't really like money I don't like discussing money it's not something I'm really that comfortable talking about it because like, you know some people think that you probably want to be like some folk love talking about money yeah. you know, and I'm the opposite so I'm like if someone's genuinely interested yeah cool but yeah. Like, if someone's just kind of going to go oh how much yeah you know and I'm like and uh, you're also probably protecting your future clients interests too by mm. by not disclosing that to absolutely every Tom Dick and Harry yeah um, yeah that just devalues the, the sculpture I think because I've just got I've just got two more stags confirmed before nice Christmas I said someone I'm just finishing a smaller falcon um, and then I've got uh, a couple other inquiries and so that's what you know as well that I want I've got these ideas too I want to I want to get something else out there you know because I also want folk to know that you know I'm not limited to the ones that I've made yeah but not- especially with the stag though like people love the stag yeah which is cool it's also because I actually thought when I was doing it I'm like, they're all going to be custom one offs that's it and I'm like Phew. You know, I'll be missing a beat here if I if I do that because yeah I think with the with how it is and the process of doing it you know like that's what it always was I mean everyone is actually going to be slightly different anyway regardless yeah <laughs> you know like I'm never going to be able to make one the exact same because it's handmade aye yeah. and just the way it moves when you're putting it all together and then I'm also then thinking about other ways like what, what can I get involved in this I mean I had a, this company approach me about doing a collaboration to do with lighting etc for um, doing something together for Luma oh, cool. this year yeah, from yeah. one of the stags the company Creature Posts I think they're called cool and uh, yeah yeah so each new room you enter into uh, a few more doors open and Aye. it's creating more opportunities and also I mean you know yourself the more that you do it the uh, more creative you get the more ideas keep coming yeah man yeah. and it's like oh, yeah I'm just yeah you know, when I was talking to my mate the Hoff that does all the design work like, I wouldn't be able to do it without him Mm. 100% mm. Um, but when I talk to him you know I'm like I don't want to I'm, it's, like, it's like it's like it always has been I'm like, I don't want to just ah oh, yeah this is us I'm yeah. like, just constantly I'm like, right so what can we do what else can we do with yeah. uh, what's, what's next so there's still some fire in the belly and there's a lot more on the yeah. horizon yeah, yeah. Um, they say that behind every great man is an even greater woman <laughs> <laughs> I used to joke calling you and uh, Clarissa the power couple like Jay-Z and Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so how much of your success do you owe to Clarissa? Uh, I mean a lot. Aye. I mean she obviously helped ground me and I mean when I moved back here as well like, I wasn't in a bit I wasn't in a good way like mentally mm. after that over like with the diving side of things I was like you know, with how things went, that was probably kind of the biggest cliff I'd fell off 
and so when I came over here yeah I was that was probably kind of the worst headspace I'd been in in my life right yeah really bad like you know and then I was coming to a new place again setting up again I mean I'm my best mate here Grammy but you know you're, no matter what who you're going to be it's up to you this is this you that's having that's having to like fix it mm-hmm. innit yeah so yeah then with Clarissa coming in to my life and meeting her it was another case of things happening at the, the right time, time right mm. uh, and then she's with what she does as well like she's so driven and motivated especially with her work like she you know, like some folk could maybe go oh, yoga yoga instructor yoga teacher but I did see what I see in the background but all the work she puts in she's always like she's always reading things mm. to do with yoga she's looking at things she's like watching videos that mm. Uh, trying to be constantly better herself at yeah. what she does because what like with yoga yoga changed her life yeah you know like from the route that she was going down and then you know yoga and uh, it was like the fork in the road and she went with yoga so yeah then we end up I think now both like drive each other brilliant yeah Um and then now with Ante coming along that it's just been crazy because <laughs> it is it's like you know, it's like, you know like, it started from before like when you're doing the, the prenatal classes and I'm like oh, yeah I'll go to the first one like, I'd say oh yeah I'm keen to go I'm like, I want to know as much as I can go to the first class and I'm like fucking hell I'm like, I can't believe I knew as little <laughs> about a preg- pregnancy and how much there was and I was just like fuck and so I was like I'm so keen like, I was going to the classes and that and then doing the, everything trying to be as ready as possible and then when it comes along then you're just like fuck what was it again <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's crazy as well because it's like this whole other life that runs alongside that's been running alongside your life that you're unaware of and then the next minute, this little guy comes into my life and I'm like, it's up to me. It's your job to keep you alive. Yeah. And then it also just shifts your perspective. It's that like you just look at things different. I'm mm. like, I look at him and I uh, like disbelief, you know, that he's mine. And then I'm like, when I look at him, I'm like, then I start to think, well, what do I want him to see when he looks at me? Yeah. You know? So, it's a big motivation. Aye. Mm. And so even like, it's then... Like, you know with work but then also with life like, you know because then I just think of what I can do to like then inspire him yeah. so I want to be I want to be the best that I can be for him yeah. so that he can then get motivated from that yeah. you know yeah. and I know that for us is the same like just the way she is with him as well it's like yeah it's more ways than one uh, mm. this year's been mental I mean since actually the start of the pandemic and all that that's actually been the biggest growth yeah. in my life <laughs> yeah. who would have known aye lemons yeah. and that <laughs> <laughs> married right, you know everything jeez yeah it's been a massive couple of years Ooh. but I mean we've been so lucky to be here though through yeah. all that haven't we yeah yeah definitely 
and it goes back to again this whole environment we have here yeah it's kind of what's shaped us mm. yeah um and we're very lucky to be here right so some young hotshot who thinks they're shit hot at what they do and what advice would you give to that person who'd like to maybe reach their potential potential <laughs> yeah <laughs> some some guy you think some young person who thinks they're shit hot at something uh, what advice would you give to them to help reach their potential um, don't be afraid to ask questions that's a good one and a thing that you know someone asked me what would you tell your younger self but this is not real younger <laughs> and one of the things was I'd say choose better role models yeah because right. when you're real young to your that young teen yeah you're looking up at these folk thinking oh that's what I want to be that's brilliant yeah isn't it and it's like the guys in school that I looked up to were all the the wrong guys I know yeah. that's what I mean the folk that you looked up to you're like now we're ready in, mm. in a way you know yeah. it's like folk would be dead <laughs> yeah jail junkies yeah like, no I mean you know it could be yeah but I mean that was a big thing for me and that was actually when I'd say that I was like fuck you know that was enlightening yeah but it was it's like choose better role models because you tend to get uh, inspired by the wrong people mm. you're very easily uh, influenced when you're young yeah a uh, young man or young woman just starting out in the world so and you're a product of the environment because you're growing up looking at these people as role models because that's what they were when they were younger they were looking up there at those older ones mm. and then blah 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 you know I think you look back now and you realise and me too how important that is but when you're that young you don't realise how big an influence these people can be in your life yeah you don't realise you can choose your own pattern life and the thing is as well like not everyone gets kind of what we have where it's that continual like a regrowth mm. you know because some folk will be that that's it and then it's just this kind of continual pattern whereas I just I feel that like I just constantly want a this might be the old ADHD thing again you know <laughs> but I just constantly want to keep Evolving. Aye, yeah. evolving. I'm like, I would just always want to be. I'm like, I want to just keep learning. I want to. I don't. I never want to stagnate. That's like, great. Yeah. In different things. Like I'm like, I just want to. Like, I'm always like, listening to things. Like, like so interested in like say like philosophy, mm. but like listening to things like Alan Watts, or then like the space and like life in general yeah. that I'm fascinated by that I use Alan Watts to help me get to sleep mate <laughs> I, I, Alan Watts is what I put on when I'm putting Antu down to sleep and I have done I have done since since he was born yeah I put on his talks on that waking up app and I put it on and then while he's going down because then I'm like he's listening to it but then I'll listen to it as well because I'm yeah. yeah he's got a he's got that kind of voice that just uh, I draws you in or something yeah transfixes you yeah 